Hello family and welcome to the invisible body. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 1 to 18. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went to the strength of the food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Then he came to a cave and lodged in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Alba, of Abel Mechaloah, you shall anoint to be the prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Today we are looking at the really difficult subject of depression and suicide and suicide ideation. Um, this channel here is really about uh, building a church where we can be real with each other and talk about our disabilities and our issues um, without fear of judgment and without fear of um, people feeling like it's too much for them to cope with. So this church is about really being real and one of the things that I have noticed in my conversations with some of you is that there are a lot of us that are struggling with mental health issues, predominantly depression and suicide ideation. I have 
quite a lot of experience in this topic as a sufferer of depression in my past and also my husband lives with depression and suicidal ideation and has for the last couple of years. My own story uh, began in my teenage years when I started struggling with depression and when I was in my early 20s I did try and take my life several times. Uh, I praise God that I did not succeed. Uh, my husband, uh, also when he was a teenager before I met him, uh, tried to take his life and nearly did succeed uh, and then gave his life to God after uh, that failed attempt. Now he struggles with depression and suicidal ideation but still has faith and that is really what I want to look at this idea that we can have faith and still be depressed and still wish to die and that depression isn't necessarily demonic um, it is not necessarily a weakness it is an illness that overtakes us there isn't a lot in the Bible that immediately screams depression or clinical depression because there weren't psychologists or psychiatrists back then to diagnose people with depression or suicidal ideation. One of the key figures in the Bible that many people believe had clinical depression is that of Elijah. Mainly in 1 Kings chapter 19. In chapter 18, Elijah has been sent by God to defeat the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. The challenge between Elijah and Baal's prophets um, is that they present an uncooked sacrifice to their God and they call down the power of God to burn up the sacrifice. So the prophets of Baal try all day chanting and whipping themselves and getting themselves into a religious frenzy and nothing happens. And then Elijah soaks his offering in gallons and gallons of water and says a simple prayer and God comes down and burns up the sacrifice. But in chapter 19, after this amazing win, really, you know, he should be on a high, Elijah hears that Queen Jezebel is after him, wants him to pay for humiliating and killing the prophets of Baal. And so Elijah runs away. He runs at first to a village and drops off his servant and then runs into the wilderness basically to die, lies under a tree and just says to God, let me die now, let me die. And an angel comes to him and ministers to him and gives him food. And then Elijah is led up the mountain of the Lord where he meets with God. Now there are several key points in this story. The first one is that obviously Elijah's depression, his, you know, I just want to die, cannot be from the circumstances. Elijah has been hounded by Jezebel forever. So it's not like this is new to him. He's also just seen God do a miraculous, amazing thing. His circumstances would tell him that actually he's, he's winning. He's on the winning side, but he wants to die. He is sick of this life. He says um, to God, he says, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. 
For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. He is in despair. He is just like, what is the point of all of this? I am by myself doing all this for you, and I am being hunted, and I can't do this anymore. I have nothing left to give. This is a man who speaks with God and God answers him. This is a man who has done miraculous things in the name of God. This is a man who has faith. And yet this is also a man who goes out into the wilderness to die. Straight after seeing God do something. So to say that faith and depression are separate things. That if you are truly a Christian you cannot be depressed. is crap. It's just crap. And it makes me really angry when I hear that. Because faith does not actually take away from the crap that goes on in our brains. Depression, clinical depression, is an issue with the chemical imbalances in our brain. It can be completely unrelated to our circumstances. Like I often say about my husband, if love could fix him, he would be fixed. He has an amazing support team. He has an amazing wife. He has a great life. But depression tells him that he just wants to die. He has nothing left to give. And so Elijah has given up. And now the interesting thing, the really interesting thing, is the first thing that God does is not smack him around the back of the head and say, get up and go back to where I told you to be. He actually gives him food. He addresses his physical need first. If any of you know anything about depression or mental illness, one of the big things that is constantly repeated to us is we have to eat well, we have to sleep well, we have to make sure we have water, we have to exercise. Those are the big ones. We have to address the body to make the mind actually function properly. If we do not eat regularly, if we do not have water, if we do not rest, if we do not exercise, then our bodies do not actually help produce the right chemicals that even get our brains in a space where we can start to think about what is right. Even for those of us who don't have depression or mental health issues, if we don't look after ourselves physically first, then we are not going to be able to function very well for very long. And so God comes to Jeremiah, he sends an angel, and gives him food, he gives him water, and he tells him to rest. He addresses the three biggest physical needs that Elijah has before he asks him to do anything else. This is massive. This is God showing us how to deal with depression stuff. We don't bowl on in there and the first thing we say is, I'm going to cast out demons around you. No, the first thing we need to do is address the actual physical stuff, the practical concerns that we can address first. Have you eaten? Have you slept? Have you had water today? Have you exercised? Those are the four things I ask my husband every day, time he has a bad day. I say to him, have you had any water today? When was the last time you ate? How did you sleep last night? Have you been out of the house today? 
because I know that his mood will lift if those things are addressed first. If those things are all addressed and he's still having a really crap day, then there's a bigger thing going on and we need to look at that. And how do we look at that? What triggers are there? All that kind of thing. But for Elijah, God comes, sends an angel to him, addresses his physical needs first. And we need to follow that when we are talking to people with mental health issues. The second thing God then does is says, go to where I am going to send you because I'm going to have a chat. So Elijah wanders off and finds God up the mountain and God says, what are you doing here? And Elijah lays out his complaint. Now people with depression and mental health issues, their complaints are actually not necessarily things that we should just dismiss. Oh, but you should just think positive. No, actually what you're going through is legitimate. Elijah pours out his complaint before God. I have done everything for you and they still want to kill me and I am alone. That's a fair enough complaint. I'd be pretty upset if I, I was Elijah. I would be like, well, God, where's my payoff? You know? So sometimes we are very quick to dismiss uh, people with mental health problems, um, their concerns and their issues, because we think, well, no, but you have depression, you have schizophrenia, you have bipolar. So therefore, whatever you're complaining about is um, probably just a side issue. Actually, we need to listen to people's complaints we need to hear them and hear them well not just hear what we want to hear and not hear them so we can give them an answer but actually just hear them hear them and go that really sucks that's a really really crappy place to be right now and that's it you don't need to do anything else now the third thing that god does and i love this i love this is he comes to meet with elijah in his pain now we would think, Elijah going, I've done all this for you, I'm pissed off, I want to die. God would be pretty annoyed, right? And I can imagine God being pretty annoyed in quite a thunderous, scary way. But God sends a big wind and, and he's not in the wind. I mean, this wind is so strong it cracks rocks, but he's not there. You'd think, okay, that's, that's a pretty God-like wind, right? But he's not in the wind. An earthquake happens, but he's not in the earthquake. A fire happens, and he's not in the fire. Instead, he's in that small, still voice that comes to Elijah. He comes to Elijah in a way that is comforting, that is quiet, that is peaceful. He doesn't come angry, and I'm going to punish you, Elijah, for saying these things. He comes in a way that is basically like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm not angry at you. I'm not going to like throw you off a cliff because of this one. I'm not going to burn you up in a fire because I'm so angry with you. I hear you. I want to be gentle with you. We're not very good at being gentle with people. We're not very good at sitting with people and hearing what they have to say and then being patient and gentle back. I know I'm not very good at this. I am a talker and I am a fixer. And I have had to learn over the last eight years of marriage when Luke doesn't want me to talk. He doesn't want me to fix it. He just wants me to listen. And sometimes he'll say to me, babe, I don't want you to fix this. I just need you to hear me because I'm not very good at it. I'm very good at getting into little sermons about 
why this is happening to him and how God feels about it and all that kind of thing, rather than actually just sitting with him in his pain and being gentle with him. The fourth thing that God does for Jeremiah is he answers his pleas. He says to him, hey, yep, you've been hunted by Jezebel and Ahab for far too long now. I want you to go and anoint new kings. And then he says, yep, you've been alone. You are the only prophet out there. I'm sending you Elisha and Elisha can take over from you. He doesn't say, stop it, think positive, get up, do what I've told you. He says, I hear your need. I'm answering it, I'm sending you support, and I'm letting you step back. This is so important. Sometimes it is okay to step back. And sometimes we have to give people permission to step back. I have seen over the last few months and years a number of ministers in, in the media and in my country um, take their own lives because there is not enough support for mental health problems within the church, particularly for those in ministry, I feel. We expect people to give and give and give and give of themselves, and when they say, I want to step back, we say, is that what God wants? Are you sure that's what God wants? Because God would want to, you to give your all. God would want you to keep going. God would want to give you strength. God, we, no, actually, sometimes God goes, you know what? I hear your need. I'll send you support, people. You can step back. And it's okay. For as long as you need, it is okay. Step back from your church obligations. You don't have to be on the music team. You don't have to be up the front doing stuff. You don't have to be helping out with the kids' church if you can't handle it. It's okay. The church is the outworking of God's love for people. If he would come to Elijah and give him all his physical needs and to talk to him gently and to hear him when he cried out and then to say to him, I give you support, I understand, you can step back, then that's what actually what we need to be doing for people with mental health problems. Not just go, okay, you can step back and then forget about them, we need to give them the support. Not just go, okay, I'll pray for you, but not actually address the physical needs that they're struggling through at the moment. Are they depressed because they're financially screwed? How can we help them? How can we as a community gather our resources to help that person? Are they actually really struggling with suicidal ideation because their partner left them? How do we get behind them? How do we be their family? We really need to step up our game and look at how we can get alongside people in their physical need, in their emotional need, in their psychological need, and in their spiritual need. Not just one or the others. Not just pick and choose what we want to help them with. We are Christ to others. And Christ came 
for those people. He came as that still small voice. He came to provide food and sustenance and spiritual strength and all that kind of thing. Yes, the Holy Spirit is here to give us strength, but that doesn't diminish the illnesses we are going through. That doesn't fix everybody. It doesn't heal everybody because we don't live in the full kingdom come yet. We live in the now and not yet. We live with the glimpse of what the glory of God will be when it comes in its full through healings, through miracles, through ministry. But we're not there fully yet. That means that some people in our communities will suffer for their whole lives, for part of their lives, but they will suffer and prayer isn't necessarily going to cut it. So we need to figure out what else we can do? We need to address their physical concerns first and foremost. We need to hear them and listen well. We need to actually support them and say, yes, I heard you. I heard you. I don't think God's angry at you for feeling that way. He is a God of gentleness. He is the quiet, still, small voice. He is not the big earthquake and fire. And then we say, we will give you support. We will surround you with people. It's okay to step back. I would like to pray for those of us who struggle with mental illness, particularly depression and suicidal ideation. Father, I thank you for the story of Elijah. I thank you that you showed us that it is okay to have faith and to also feel like you want to die. It is okay to want to give up. That you are not angry with him. That you provided for him. You listened to him. You heard him. You offered him support. And you told him it was okay for him to feel what he was feeling. Jesus, I thank you that you came to show us a glimpse of your glory. I thank you that through the work of the cross and the resurrection, you were able to enter this kingdom into this realm. And that we are able to access healing and to access your spirit for comfort and strength. But Jesus, we also understand that you have not come again. That the kingdom is not here in full. And that some people are struggling and prayer is not cutting it right now. Jesus, I know that you grieve with them. That you came to conquer death, but death is still got a hold on this world. Spirit, I ask now for anyone who is struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, that you give them the strength to keep going for today. Give them the strength they need for each moment to put one foot in front of the other. Surround them with people who love them and can support them. In whatever context that looks like, whether that's a physical church or whether that's online, Spirit, I ask that you bring people into their lives who can love them, who can hear them, who can listen well to them, and who can tell them that it's okay to step back. I also ask for relief of any physical needs that they may have. 
please provide in your wisdom and your glory. We ask this in your mighty name. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this episode. I do ask if anything in this episode has hit home with you, you need to reach out. There will be helplines in any country that you are in that will be there for people who are depressed and suicidal. Please call them, talk to them. If you have friends and family that you can reach out to, be real, be brave and tell them what is really going on. If you don't have an immediate community, you can message me. I would love to be your pastor. I would love to support you through this. I offer Skype dates. Uh, if you want to meet face to face, I will have coffee with you. If you would rather just message me and do it in text form, that's fine. Just message me. I will let you know if whatever you talk about goes beyond my expertise and will refer you to people who can help you. You are not alone and you are okay in feeling the way that you feel. God is not angry with you for being unwell. So much love to all of you and I hope to see you next time. Bye.